0: Hey yo, we back. What up, y'all?
1: See Bisque in the house. Rob Juice yeah. in the house. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Doing the hey, finger gun thing, huh? Thanks. Thanks for being here. <laughs> hey. yeah.
0: Finger gun. Finger gun. Three dogs north is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal.
1: Yeah. Hey, sorry for the tardiness. It's all good. Actually, it's my Friday
0: right now, so I'm groovy, dude. I got nothing rest for the rest of the day.
1: Nice, dude. We got an ice cream party, but not for a while. So, oh
0: man, some people they just you've, are so busy, you know. Ice cream parties
1: here, box socials there. Don't even get us started, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is Mike there? Yo, yo, Holla at your
2: boy? When you holla, see him in the holla, street? Holla. Mm-hmm. I was uh, filling up the.
0: The cup so that it floweth over oh speaking also, of which i brought my hand a little i brought the, <laughs> <laughs> the bag up so that i would remember to talk about this because nice yeah i got another bag this week did you i i also did yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's the costa rican specialty that's what i'm drinking right now what do you get what do you guys get? we got we got the costa rican specialty as well is i have to say right no. this is my favorite so far um we're not we're drinking the old stuff still. Okay. Yeah,
2: we're drinking the Nicaraguan it yeah, it's the Nicaraguan stuff.
0: The organic. Uh, what's that? The organic. Nicaraguan organic. Exactly. This is called Costa Rican specialty.
2: Hey, but so, the Nicaraguan, it's still well actually I haven't tasted it,
0: but yeah. oh, <laughs> still got it. Scrumtious. No, but I did I did want to just uh, since this is kind of an unofficial sponsorship and they are now continuing to send us free stuff and it's good. Mm-hmm. I thought it worth. T- I, I he sent a big long email, Andrew Natale, about the um, all the virtues of the company, the Guadalupe Roastery at guadaluperoastery dot com. But there's a video online. I'll put it in the description for the podcast, a link to it, so people can look at it. But it's very very cool. It's like not just coffee, but a good thing to do for the world and for coffee farmers and for the environment and all that stuff. So drink check it. Out. Drink it, do it, learn it, do it, and then learn it. You heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Nike, do it. <clears throat> yeah. Guadalupe life, <clears>
2: hacelo. <throat> okay. Also, while we're doing <laughs> shout-outs. Thank uh... you. I'm so glad you, you got that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Go, rev. <Raph. laughs> All
1: right. All set? Here yeah, we yeah. go. Go ahead. Uh, while we're doing shout-outs, these are important. Need to give a big shout out to uh from Lincoln, Nebraska, Mill. Mill, you know who you are, <laughs> Emily W. Listening to this right now. Nice, big shout out. We're big fans here. Keep oh, up, the man. Good are growth. we turning? We're turning into uh, Catholic, the Catholic stuff
0: with the little winks and nods and the. Shout hey, outs is that one. what they do? Yeah, if that they do isn't that. in
1: there. If that doesn't go in
0: then i'm it'll go out, in it'll go I, in. I do want to also shout out to danielle center who's been mentioned several times but she sent me a zip danielle. up hoodie a zip up hoodie for christmas with that print did you guys get a print of the uh jesus do your thing man and save me
1: oh mets did yes i did i got a print of our mission statement <laughs> oh that's <laughs> with the dog <laughs> skipping down the lane yes i thought that was her her cousin uh
0: joanna that made that she's the same well, one that made the was. icon i don't know that's the only one i got anyway Wait, those are you... our those are our biggest fan art producers but i just mentioned when she sent me a picture of the thing that she made for you mike of that thing yeah. you said um i said that would look sick on a zip up hoodie and sure enough she sent me one for christmas so i'm wearing no it right now way. <laughs> yes it's yes so thoughtful that's pretty
2: awesome that, it's mm. It's such a cool print. I have no idea how she made it, but it's me neither. It's awesome. it's hanging up on my wall. It's right right over where we where we podcast. Um, I also uh, not to do just the continual shout out thing, but I'm gonna do another shout out if I could find the email. New year, new
0: us, guys. New yeah. year, Actually, is- we're selling out. We just did a sponsorship. Two- we did a sponsorship read, and now we're just shouting out. We're not gonna yeah. talk about anything <laughs> today hey two more (laughs) shout outs coming in hot here as (laughs) mess
1: is reading his emails uh (laughs) zoe awesome to meet you at sls keep up the good work you're doing we need
0: to talk about sls and the fact that we need to get a booth there and like oh dude you
1: are an idiot i know father you're in you (laughs) drop the ball dude yeah man hey and also apparently that costs money because i was like okay well yeah. maybe in <laughs> yeah. the
2: future you know yeah
1: because i was there and i was like i'll just sit in one of these booths sure and they were like uh that's not exactly how it works but anyway <laughs> uh, um okay oh, one more shout out uh, shout out to jake when,
2: and lindsey dyson
1: jake and Lindsay
2: from idaho okay boys of nelson centra family of nelson or friends uh nelson centra Thank you so much for your support. You have a beautiful family.
1: Yeah. Great It looks picture. like
2: y'all frolic in the meadows as mm-hmm. a family with beautiful sunlight coming in. Yes. Beautiful family. Thank also, you for
1: your support. Also, random guy that I met at SLS. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're you're from Atlanta. Woo! And I think you just accepted a job as a focus missionary. I talked to you after the last mass. Can't remember your name. Apologize. But... Dude, this Big could describe out. like every. Woo! This
0: could describe maybe twenty or twenty five people at SLS. No, 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 no. He knows who he is.
1: <laughs> he kn- he knew who Mike was. He's from Atlanta. He seemed like a really good guy.
2: Oh, dude, I know exactly who you're talking about. See, seek. Oh, twenty twenty. Any other? Twenty nineteen?
0: So I want to know why I why I so massively dropped the ball. What what, were you, what did you mean by that? By not going to see to is it called? What does SLS stand for?
1: By the way. Uh,
0: student leadership summit. Okay. It's not
1: a seek conference, different.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh by not going did I totally just biff it hard? Well, I also didn't go, but dang, dude. <laughs> we should have
2: had a booth.
0: We dude, should have at such, least been there. That's a yeah, good Especially story, <laughs> since it was in Chicago.
2: <laughs> well, but well, it was the know, one the well, thing is it
0: was cute. the one week where my whole family could go down and see my brother in Dallas. <clears throat> and it was like we didn't get to see mm-hmm. him at Christmas or Thanksgiving, so That was just uh, the way the cookie crumbled. Quick synopsis
1: of SLS. I was there for two and a half days. It was awesome. I was like legitimately very, very impressed at how good of a conference. It was great. Uh, Yeah, it was just awesome. I mean, dude, I mean, the whole, the Haiti trip was Mm. life changing. So I don't know if we're going to go there, like in this podcast. I'd like to have you guys download a little bit. uh, But... Um, yeah, I was just like so impressed by the focus missionaries on that trip and like those were around. I'm, I'm like 95% sure focus would not have hired me out of college in like today's focus. I just so <laughs> Sometimes by- I feel like that about <laughs> Mundelein, like <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through here now,
2: even four years later. Yeah. Well, that's what they always say about Augustine, right? Right. He'd never been accepted. That's
1: true. <laughs> yeah. That is true.
2: Um, yeah, but the reality is you were in Texas. Yeah. And I was in Atlanta. Rob was there, which is a third of us. So we were batting 300. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And, pretty I mean, good. in the land of the Cubbies, that's an, you're an all-star.
0: Well, yeah. definitely. A Hall of exactly. Famer. You get your ni- rump number retired. Yeah. Bat 300.
2: So it depends on how expensive the booth is. We could do it for Seek.
0: Um also we, well, no, I like, say I don't know if a booth do. What what would we do with a in bo- isn't a booth for like selling things or advertising programs and stuff? We I would mean, just they're... be <laughs>
1: sitting there like <laughs> what, si- <laughs> what, signing glossies.
0: <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if we did a live podcast from our booth? I know, Whoa. it's been done. I didn't
2: it's uh. been done. Okay. Well, what if we did this? Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. <laughs> what if we just bought a booth? Okay. Never showed up. All right. But we I came like in like <laughs> that. Came in in the middle of the night and set up like some very abstract, like uh-huh. uh, kind of motion art depiction of <laughs> what a Three North, Three Dogs North means to people. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously, like there will be like a laser show going on, oh, yeah. and I'm thinking like, um, yes.
1: Just I like live know.
2: live animals,
1: wildlife. Well, okay, we could just put dogs. <laughs> Actually, so that's we did talk about it a little bit when I was hanging <laughs> out with Porter and Martha and a few people at SLS, and because um, it kind of gets back to the fundamental question of whether or not we advertise, which I know yeah, we've well, we we had lengthy discussions on this. Yeah, uh, but their ideas, like what we came up with that I thought were pretty good, is one we could just get puppies like to have there, which would be great. <laughs> Yeah, And like then I was trying to think of, like, unique things that other <laughs> booths didn't have. Mm-hmm. And we came up with... I think what we ended it with was, like, actually give tattoos. Like, real tattoos. Of our <laughs> <emerald>. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Like, us
0: giving the tattoos or some professional tattoo artist giving the tattoo of Three Dogs North? No,
1: dude. I would I, say either. I would say either. But it has to be the Three yeah. Dogs North tattoo that you get. No little dog. Um, <laughs> that and then... Yeah, they really oh. kind of got crazier from there. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, like, I have a bunch of, like, leftover prescription medicine from Haiti and stuff. We could give <laughs> that away. <laughs> give give away. That. Yeah, uh, I bet you,
0: you didn't see that at SLS too often. Tattoos and prescription drugs. No.
1: Coming you, out of the did. you did not. You yeah.
2: did not. I was thinking, have, like, a Shakespearean <laughs> skull mm. at the foot of a metronome mm. and mm. have the metronome just be one, like, giant extended finger. And then have it like <laughs> bust into the clouds. And so it's just like Whoa. it's grounded on Earth, but then it's constantly ticking back and forth yes. into, In into them but
0: also eternity.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You see that? And then uh um like let a bear loose. <laughs> 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 People are getting bald out here. <laughs> like, that is so good, Mike. This. So wow. and you have we a never gift, we do all of this at night. Yeah, and so then, like, we never actually are seen at the booth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or we could, we could be the heroes, like, show up with like a bear, bear spray, an elephant rifle, mm-hmm. and just like d- save the people from the bear. We would be so famous.
0: <laughs> we'd be very famous at that point. Everyone would know who we are. I don't if feel like we'd add much to the conference, though. All told.
1: What if we just fundraised a bunch of money and got, like, one of the really big booths and then just got, like, one piece of poster board and left it blank? <laughs> Didn't say anything, you know? Just, like, put that up there as our art. <laughs> <laughs> or just, uh, yeah, we just need to get
0: Caviezel involved. Maybe tie him to a chair. So he was a m- money, right? At Ooh, the, yeah. That talk yeah. was very reminiscent of... Um, I'll I'll put a link to it again, also in the description. But very reminiscent to a similar talk he gave the year that the Passion came out, and he he was a surprise speaker at. Wasn't he a surprise speaker at this one too? We come out of the woodwork, or yeah, was he, he was. A,
1: he it was a surprise. Yeah, I didn't know he had done that before, but but I didn't even know who
0: he was at the time. Um, mm. And then we watched the Passion, and then they're like, "Hey, that actor who played Jesus is." here and they he gave that like 15 minute for verino about the faith is our shield and christ is our sword and you know there's real evil in the world and there's real goodness and be saints and all that Hmm. sort of braveheart like speech he talked about some rosary that he was given there was some kind of dramatic sort of quasi miraculous story about how he got the role in count of monte cristo um but he is just a deeply faithful man and uh it shows and yeah very cool but Dude. that was a life-changing speaking of life-changing that was big time for me i was like 19 years old nick blaha had really strong-armed me into going to the focus conference my freshman year
1: classic so i was 18
0: yeah i was it was my first year of college i hadn't even turned 19 wow. yet and we bust out to denver that was the uh, at that time they were having focus conferences every year and always in denver and uh <clears throat> he spoke and I think either that night or the next day, I went to confession, made a good confession, and on the bus ride back, I read all of Matthew Kelly's Rediscover Catholicism, yes. and sort of resolved to. Well, me and my buddy Pete started an accountability pair, and then we later added a triumvirate, and our. Oh, uh, excuse me. Is that it?
1: our buddy Pete? Okay. Oh, our buddy. Yeah, Pete. yeah, because he was on yeah. the podcast. He's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. so Pete. Uh, so that the rest, as they say, is
0: history. Yeah, who just became a father since our little hiatus. Wow. wow! Shout out, yeah. nice, Jonathan. Yeah. Congrats.
1: Congrats,
0: Jonathan, Jonathan? Makaidis. Yeah, Jonathan Makaidis Now now a wee bairn.
2: Nice, a wee lad. <clears throat> well, that's wow. it. I mean, Kavizel is just a smooth customer man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, there's something about when he talks, I want to listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got an intense
0: stare too.
2: Wow, he's got like this great. Whisper talk Mm
0: -hmm.
2: where it's like almost a whisper, but he's speaking and it just draws you in and then punches you. Um, should we have him on the podcast? (laughs) Has he not been on the podcast? (laughs) No, 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 he was.
0: Wait, was he? he? I can never remember. Or was that, was
2: was he, or was that me? (laughs) (laughs) Was it, (laughs) was it, was it Kyle
0: Mano? We've never even had Kyle Mano. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. He, yeah.
2: he sat on the floor oh, yeah. in here when we were sitting around a microphone <laughs> using right. a computer mic. That's he right. was he in spectated. one episode. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: what I meant when like having Jim Caviezel on the podcast, not to have him talk. Like, Just have him listen to us <laughs> when we're podcasting. Yeah, that makes he sense. He would be
0: invited for that. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey,
2: the Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite movies of Great all time.
0: Movie. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Whoa, man, it's Whoa, so man. good. It's so I think good. I know the story. Isn't he imprisoned falsely on like mm-hmm. an island
1: and there's a priest in the next or Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's an excellent movie. Yeah. God yeah, seriously, God bless Cavizel. That was a real deal talk he mm-hmm. gave. He seems to be living it, man. Yeah. Like good stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. He got fired up. Mm-hmm. He got he got real fired up, got me fired up.
2: It's, it, that is a good talk. I didn't realize it was so impactful for you. Like that was a a, a hinge moment for your. I
0: think it was one of those it had been building to something, like the whole whole weekend. You just be the biggest thing is being around all those kids your age who are who took the trouble to go to a focus conference. You know, mm-hmm. um, even if some of them are on the fence, you just get this feeling, this spirit of like we all have some desire to be better. And to be, well, in a f- friendship with Christ and our consciences are alive in us and we're trying to obey them and the church is valuable to us and the sacraments are beautiful to us and that's not, you're, you're not always around people, even as an adult, grown up even in your families or your parishes, you're not always around that kind of critical mass of believers <clears throat> that... uh Mm. can help you get to a next level experience you know like, that's true i'm not alone in this i'm not crazy this yeah. really is worth laying your life down for this person yeah so yeah i guess seeing like a movie star up there and him just like laying it out and being like do it you guys can do this i was like yes i can and it was very manly it wasn't milk toast like I feel like there's kind of two, there's two uh,
2: registers. Hey, do we want to pray before, it sounds like we're breaching, like actually entering into... A real conversation? Yeah, important topics. Yeah, here, in in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing all the seminarians back up here safely, I ask you to... Uh, Bless Father Connor, uh, his parish down in Blue Island. Bless all those who are at SLS. um, And watch over Rob and I as we begin this next semester. um, Journey towards the priesthood, which is uh, just down the road. Be with all of our listeners. Bless their families. Bless their children. Protect them. And um, yeah, we thank you for the gift of this podcast. (coughs) We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Therese of Lisieux. Pray pray for for us. us. Um, Mother Teresa. Pray
0: pray for for us. us.
2: In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Yeah, boy, you guys are getting close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, what were you? You were talking about milk toast. And... Oh, I think that there's two registers to the talks at um, things like what that. Is, what is milk toast, by the way? Milk toast is like um, good question. I think of it as kind of uh, sentimental or dainty or. Not uh, substantive or or not masculine. I'm gonna look it up. Milk Hmm. toast. It's spelled with Q U E, not okay.
1: Um. Uh, Really? I learned two new things today. Oh, so it's not just like a metaphor of like pouring milk milk on your
0: toast. toast. A a milk toast is a noun. A person who is timid or submissive.
2: It's one word.
0: Yeah, milk, milk toast.
2: Really, mm-hmm, milk toast. That
0: is the surprise of the day. Yeah, I guess huh. I used it improperly because it, it's it's a noun, not an adjective. I thought well. it was an adjective. It's the person who is milk toasty. Is Google a thing or a verb? Right? Like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's true. <laughs> Go to Google.com, mom. Um, so, anyways, sometimes there's the talk that's this is I'm, this isn't milk toasty, but. There's the kind of talk that's like every one of us is so broken and, and Christ is the answer, you know, and even in your brokenness, he accepts you just as you are and he loves you. And um, there's that register of talk. But then there's also the register of like you were made for greatness, you know, the sort of JP GP rally um, rallying cry of like he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called, you know, and you are called to be a saint and you can do that with God's grace, which is available to you. Um, both are sort of like to the same end of getting in friendship with, with Jesus, but one, one appeals more to the, maybe to the masculine heart, but all of us need them both. I think at one time or another, that's why sister Alicia's message to us, I thought was very Appropriate, as Scott would say, didn't she say like, this was kind of a, an appeal to men, but it lit her women, womanly heart on fire as well. Something yeah, like she that. had a really beautiful quote. Of course, she really. had a nice way of saying it, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. re- it said re- like, re- like re- when me. men's
2: when men's hearts are free um it like it in a sense it it frees the woman's heart as yeah. well. It, right. it, it allows, allows, it
1: allows the woman's heart to live freely. Yeah, it was something so, like yeah. that. and then like to love the man in return. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. what she said, but it's yeah. something. It was awesome. It, she said it in a line. Let's go. That's the best part. Yeah.
2: her is yelling, "Let's go."
1: Yep
0: dang now i just want to sorry to uh interrupt myself but i just want to make sure that the call is still recording okay uh-oh
1: yeah we're good <laughs> don't want to go down that road again <laughs> that I well, right?
0: there's
2: a rabbit hole
1: <laughs> yeah yeah man well i gotta say and i want yeah like metz's thoughts on this and yours too but like what's really on the heart and mind is the haiti trip mm-hmm. um so, do we want to, like, try to go down that road, Mets, or do you want to so long just as wait? you don't
0: use the T word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. To- oh.
1: Tonic. <laughs> no tonic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All
0: right. Well, yeah, I want to hear about it. So, how was Tropic. it? Tropic. The Tropic of Capricorn. <laughs>
1: Tropic no of tropics plants. here. No <laughs> tropics. We
2: probably were... Actually, I don't know which... Which of the tropics it was, but...
1: All right, dude. Well, here... Yeah, I do... And I, I feel like I want to share this with you, Bistron, because it was so, such a good trip. Yeah. But it was, like... It was awesome. Like, great group. Um, it was, like, seven... There's us two, and then uh, Father Holdren from Nebraska, uh, who's just... Yeah, it was a real, like, honor to be on it with him. Like, he had... He was the assistant at... Uh, the Newman Center was when I was out in Lincoln um, and just like a real model priest for for me. And so it's so cool having him there. And then three focused missionaries, uh, including my old friend Martha, who I was on a team with and then who and the, the other two missionaries were just awesome as well. And then like seven college students. One was a little bit out of college, but awesome group. Stayed with the missionaries of charity Um, Just saw like extreme poverty, extreme darkness, and um, yeah, just like God's light in it, in it all. Um, It was such like a hard trip in so many ways um, to see that type of darkness. But then like just especially around the MCs, dude, I'd, I'd never stayed with them anywhere. And like for real... Um, like redefined how I think of like discipleship and mm-hmm. and f- friendship with Jesus, um, in, in like a totally new, um, much much deeper way. So that's a quick synopsis of my trip. Anyway,
0: anything in particular like uh, stand out as an experience of seeing that in the missionaries of charity?
1: Well, yes, uh, they. Well, the, can I, can
0: I just,
2: before we, yeah, before and I, I'll, really I can, say, I can this, definitely yeah. say more. We'll circle on. back. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So the thing is <clears throat> kind of where I am right now with the trip is it was legitimately like the most impactful, impactful trip I, I think I've ever taken in my life. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it was to the point where. You guys have taken
0: some trips, man. We yeah. have taken a lot of trips. Yeah. Did you both go spent, to Peru? You yeah. did the France pilgrimage, went to the Holy Land. And yeah, you've been to Haiti already, Rob. Yep, yep, yeah. And I mean, we know each other pretty well, don't we? We have, like, we've been podcasting for a while. I was thinking about that since 2014. F14 that is February
1: 2014. F14, yeah, we're
0: coming up on four years here in a couple weeks.
1: Whoa, like, we could say we go back now, like, you guys are old friends, right.
2: But it's always new. When you, in the prayer, you As said us, the
0: present. us seminarians. I was like, I, like, oh, yeah, they're still seminarians for another couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways, most impactful trip of your life of all the trips yeah, you've taken? Yeah,
2: probably, probably anywhere. And it's been a real grace to talk because you got a fundraise before you go on the trip. And so then getting back and talking to benefactors. Um, it's, it's difficult to communicate the experience of being immersed in a place like that. Um and like we didn't take hardly any pictures. There was a no camera, no phone rule, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, missionaries of charity are, don't aren't willing to be photographed. Is that right? Yeah, Normally. they
2: yeah they do not willingly take photographs. Mm-hmm. Like very very rare. I've heard of one instance ever. Um yeah, and even that one was a mystery. But uh, so then coming back to the states and talking to benefactors and saying like. I can tell you this trip will be with my priesthood forever. Like, hmm. this has changed who I am. Um, that, that has been a real grace because in a lot of ways, I don't even feel like I need to share anything else. Like, listen, you just have to know how much your support has shaped who, who I am. Um, and it, that's been helpful because coming back to the States, um, like it definitely trying to figure out what exactly is going on interiorly, but it was just so raw getting back. And what I mean by that is so for for example, when I got back, I stayed with my younger brother and his wife and had dinner with them and told them a little bit about it. And my dad came and picked me up in the morning and I was gonna drive him to the airport to drop him off and then take the car home. And I just went to share like a little bit about the trip. It was the first time I'd seen him since being back. We were only gone for a week. Yeah. We were in the Holy Land for nine weeks. So this is like seven days. Mm-hmm. It, we never left the compound. So the it, Port-au-Prince is very dangerous. So we just stayed in, uh, in the Missionaries of Charity Hospital community compound the entire time, enclosed by giant metal doors and gates with um, razor wire around the top. So, like, we didn't see Haiti. We saw all the compound and the hospital and the MCs. Seven days. And I get back, and I'm starting to talk to my dad about it, and I, I got nothing. I just, like, I have no ability to even talk, because I'm just blubbering, like, Really? It's just, it was so raw. And I had no idea what was happening and like what was going on interiorly. Cause I mean, I talked to my younger brother the night before and like told a story or two about it. And then all of a sudden it was just like, just waterworks. Um, and there was no sense of like, I I was definitely sad, but there was no lack of peace. There was no like nervousness or anxiety about it. Um, and it was like I was like I was like that for certainly the whole morning. I was just like drop my dad off and I was just driving and just like pretty close to weeping. Like I thought about pulling over at one point and I had no idea what was happening. Hmm. And, and I've, I've never had an experience like that. Um, and so it's just been like that. That's kind of how deep the trip went. Um, and so it's been tough to talk about. Uh, and to try and sift through and to try and, um, understand what the Lord is doing interiorly. So it's, it's actually been a huge grace to have Rob, like to have gone down together. Yeah. Um, and I did think about like, even in our friendship, um, like we are very close friends, like you said, and this was such an impactful trip. I thought, dang, like Connor missed out on this and I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell him about it. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it's just, it's been, um, being integrated a little bit more and more each day. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way that we've been talking about it is like, you've seen the matrix, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like we took the red pill. Yeah.
1: And like, and it's, yeah, you just can't go back. Yeah.
2: Right? There's,
1: there's no way. Yeah. And it was it's also like it's just so many um, like really cool and beautiful like layers of the trip, at least for me of um, obviously like just some of the images and the poverty in Haiti are very hard to see, even though it's just like it's a magnificently beautiful place. And like, I mean, all the people we were encountered were like so kind and it seemed to have such like a cool culture and all this stuff and um and we're in just like one spot like just helping with very very sick kids you know and so there's like that like where these kids just like i mean they they get in deep man yeah. of like just how much of an impact they have on and you just hold them like you can walk around with them and it's just kind of like giving them love in that way um and yeah like just our group it was such an honor to like be with I, like loved literally every single person on like on the trip and then um yeah i mean it was cool like we roomed uh the two of us with with father and that was just like really really good um and but anyway i mean the mcs dude like i and i would go back to this and this is similar to my first trip there um But also this time it's like some of the images are just some of like the most just the poverty is like it's just very jarring. It's like a just, you know, kind of a picture of like hell on earth in some some ways when you see the poverty that is there. And like those MCs, man, just totally like totally redefined the light and the darkness for me because it was also just like a tangible experience of like of heaven being being with them. Um and so I I told a buddy this today, but I wrote down in my journal a couple days ago and I never like thought about this before, but I was like my five my five favorite places in the world are um my mom and dad's deck because it's just my favorite place and that's where I like learned who I am. And uh Zoo, France. Because that's the girl that like just stole my heart. She's from there, Assisi, Italy. Because that's the most peaceful place I've ever been. Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Because I think that's like the heart of the world. And honestly, like the MC's compound in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Because that's the first time I've really seen Christians like just living the way that they should, um, or at least at that level. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like the, one of the big graces from the trip for me something that's like very easily accessible for me to talk about, um, is we wanted to go up on the roof one day. Metz and I had uh, helped with a little project up there a few days prior. Um, they were like hanging a light up there that we wanted to help with. And it had just like a really beautiful view of the coast. And um, it was just a cool shot that you couldn't see anywhere else from the compound. So we were like, man, it'd be great to take the group up there on our last day. And so I had talked to the superior of the MCs and um, it's like, you know, we have we're going to meet now. And um, but if we could go up there later, that'd be awesome. And she was like, yes, you know, no problem. Um, One of the sisters had the keys and she was like and she was there. She was like, yeah, just come find me at like 515 or whatnot and I'll let you in. So I'm like, okay, great, which are perfect for us time wise, blah, blah, blah. And so we go to find that sister and she's not around when we're going to look up. So they call for her. And, dude, she literally comes running, like, running from, like, the sister's residence. And she, like, hollers – I mean, very kindly, but, like, hollers up at me. She's like, oh, I left the keys with sister so-and-so, and she's in the office, which I knew – like, I knew where that was. And – oh, sorry. Somebody's calling me. Um, I knew where that was and everything. She was like, so just find the keys, and she'll let you in. I was like, okay, no problem. And it was just like this little exchange between the two and the superior was there. And she said, no, sister, I want you to go with them in case they can't find sister, et cetera. Just go, please go up with them. And um, it's, I can't do it justice to describe like, like just how I knew how torn the sister who had initially had the keys was. And dude, just on the dime, like you can tell how much, she probably has something like very, very important. I mean, they serve like, real kind of like life and death situations Mm. and um you could tell how badly she needed to get back to what she was doing but the superior had told her to go and let these like this group of privileged white americans up on the roof to watch the sunset and see the coast and so she literally just paused smiled and then just took off running and like found the sister unlocks the door for us and is like laughing at this point just incredibly joyful and she asked me she's like okay just please bring my keys lock up when you guys are done and then please bring my keys to the holy hour I'm like okay thank you sister and she just takes off running again for whatever my she gosh. was doing and so i know that's like such a little moment and i was me and mess were talking about this last night but no joke um like it it literally blew my mind of like what she did in that moment without any, like, rolling of her eyes, like, no um, argument, etc., it's impossible. Like, yeah, right. I, I did not, I did not think, like, from the human nature that I have been around and witnessed and, like, learned from in the past 30 years, I would have guessed that to be impossible. And she did it, like, like, it was just another part of her day. hmm um and i i I, no self-righteousness no nope no like frustration,
2: and no resentment towards us like no
1: i mean we were going up there to watch she has probably never watched the sunset from that roof in her time like working there right and we wanted to watch the sunset and she was like laughing and smiling and then took off running to like get to wherever she needed to to be Mm -hmm. um and so, like the the freedom, uh, the like of heart that they possess, or at least the ones that we encountered, um, like they were Christians. That's the best way I can describe. Like freedom that will define that word for me now. And so it's just this, like you have these in, like really hard experiences and images, and then like you have this witness of the sisters, and just getting to see like God's grace work in this group and in your own heart. And I thought of like what summed it up for me. Just going back to some of the stuff that Baron taught us was like Balthazar's um, uh, bungee cord theory of salvation. I don't know what it's technically called, but he talks about like how on the cross, like Jesus is totally forsaken, and he he just continues this descent, like as he goes as he goes into hell, and he keeps going down. And then Baron used lines like. You know, so like the absolute limits of human experience and human depravity, like Jesus goes there and then when he is like ascends into heaven, he brings it all up with him. So, you know, he's able to save whatever he assumes and he gets it all. And so there's that great line of Baron of like, no matter how hard or how far or what direction you're running from the father, you're running into the arms of the son Hmm. and he's coming at you. And so that was like that was what this experience was for me was like the light is deeper than the darkness. Like if, if every story is light versus dark in some capacity, like we're talking about the capital T light and it's coming at you like it's deeper than that darkness. Um, And so, yeah, man, it's a lot to pray through still, but it's just that experience of like the light is not overcome by the darkness but like the light is actually deeper Mm -hmm. than the darkness Um,
0: and in some ways like becomes more visible well it's it's interesting because it's it's like more the light is more visible in the dark it's like the the you know lamp shining on a in the darkness you fix your eyes on it until the first streaks of dawn appear Um, Mm -hmm. is that peter letter of saint peter
1: uh i'm not sure yeah but there's
0: also the sense that it seems to, the darkness seems to attract the light, you know? Like the missionaries of charity. Did mm. Mother Teresa say, like, somebody asked her, what if uh, all your work in Calcutta makes it so that, uh, you know, the people there don't need you anymore or, or they, you know, aren't as poor as they once were? She's like, well, we'll go wherever the poor people are then. We'll just move, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what you're saying reminds me of stuff I was reading about St. Francis and I wrote that paper. In first theology about poverty and um his his whole metaphor of lady poverty was like his was his bride you know his prized bride was poverty um and the whole idea of him seeing the world upside down uh that the leper was beautiful that the the ugly was beautiful that the sour was sweet you know or the bitter was sweet like when he had been captured by Christ crucified, or captivated by, I should say, then he sought after what the world rejected. Um, That was what was beautiful to him because he could see Christ as the poor as a sacrament of Christ, and uh, he could see renunciation of freedom as liberation. You know, like that sister. Just all right. Well, these dumb, you know, American jamokes who want to go watch the sunrise that seems so <laughs> cute to them she didn't even have that thought you know she was just didn't uh, yeah she was yeah. bound by a, a deeper freedom to be able to not interact with the world that way that is very humbling
1: oh man and like it and there is that because it does like i mean that image of, of francis is i mean it's not like metaphorical language and that that he's that he's using Um, Which is like almost hard to believe until you see it lived like that, Um, and so it does, like it flips your world upside down, and um, I mean, but like, dude, the the light. Father Paul Murray said this once in a retreat here, and he was like, "In my years as a spiritual director, he was like, I've just found that as like." people grow in the spiritual life that they're more afraid of the light than they are the dark Mm. and like like when you're talking about the light like um that it's a it's a scary thing um that god could love us in that way um like it it shakes you um really to your core like in a whole new way um and i don't know how to I don't know how to talk about it um, except in like kind of fluffy language that doesn't do it justice. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it, it's uh, like a, it's a feeling.
0: I remember (laughs) getting back from um, getting back from El Salvador. Uh, The first time I went down there, I was down there for eight weeks at the orphanage and I had a similar kind of red pill experience, I would say um, where you just sort of, I don't know. You come back and like you see everything differently now. Um, And I remember getting in my car and turning on the radio and there was a song. It was like something about last Friday night. I got drunk and maxed out my credit card and, you know, kissed a bunch of guys. And it was a girl singer. It was like Katy Perry or something like that. And it was just this like utter decadence, celebration of total decadence. And then there was another song came right on after that. It's like um, I want to do nothing all day or something like that. Or if I had a billion dollars I would do nothing or all this mm. stuff. <laughs> it was like all this celebration of materialism and just the whole vacuousness and the, like, the just crappy pop uh, lyric stylings and, and melodies. And it was just like some... And I've, I kind of look back on it now as a sort of immature sort of awakening to it wasn't like the deep abiding peace of a Mother Teresa or her sisters who can can witness sort of spoiled um materialistic people who are, you know, coming due to their poverty tourism and just like interact with you in the most respectful and and you know, loving manner possible. They don't have that self-righteousness, which is what was bubbling up in me. It was just sort of like, oh my God, you know, this is so despicable when there's people suffering and there's all these, you know, children without parents and they're eating nothing but beans and chicken feet. And here we are in this abundance, just wallowing in our filth. And uh I don't know, it was like, to me, it's like quantum leaps, you know, you, you get to a point where you, you and you've been to, to Haiti before, And you've been to like Peru and stuff, Mike, and and we've seen these other the ways other people live. That's not like the way we live. And it's eye opening. (laughs) But it has to be, I don't know, assimilated into a like a more abiding worldview because, you know, more than likely we're going to live in a privileged. uh, We're going to live a pretty charmed life, you know, with electricity and running water and free of for the most part of natural disasters and and tragedy and destitution. Uh, but how do you carry that? That's always been a question for me. Like, how do you carry the suffering and dying of Christ in your heart even when you're, you're not a missionary of charity serving the most destitute in the world? Um, or how do you take that with you when you come back? It sounds to me like you guys are processing that too. Right.
2: Yeah, definitely trying to make that happen. Um, I don't know. One thing just to that note that's been very helpful is, you know, and I think that's why there's a real difference than seeing or reading about these places uh, or seeing faces of uh, the people uh, who, who live in different worlds, um, who are living in, in different um, material conditions. They have less resources. You can see a photo of their face. But, uh, like when you get down there, I think the big difference is you get to interact with people and have a relationship that sticks interiorly. So that like one of the big things that I've had the, the incredible grace and privilege to do is to just go into prayer and just call to mind a child's face that got in wicked deep. (laughs) Like, and it's insane how quickly, Like I'm just plunged right back into the place, um, right back into Haiti and right back into uh, like the abiding peace and presence of God that I had experienced in Haiti. And so there's a a little gal who's 20, 30 pounds, like literally weighs nothing. I'm talking to hold her in my arm the entire day and have almost no exhaustion because she's so light. And that gal has a, has a hold, a bear hug on my heart. And when I call her to mind, it just takes my soul and plunges it like right into the depths of, of that darkness, hmm. which is somehow also the, the depths of the light, like right into the presence of the light. And so to have a face to call to mind that, that um, yeah, that just kind of like cuts the cord, and brings you right all the way down. Just allows you to to plunge. Yeah, it's like the dunk tank. It's like it's, looking at that face just hits the hits the whatever the button yeah. is and just plunges you right back into the water. Um, and like a twenty pound gal is that weight. Um, and so that's been that's been huge for me is just going into prayer and like honestly having no clue what I'm doing necessarily but just knowing that i that's where i need to be with those folks with the people from the mission trip with the sisters with the group that we were with um and like just having those faces and those relationships that are tied to deep deep parts of my heart that are not accessible to me alone but are accessible through like the gifts of friendship and um like the gifts of those children and those sisters um so there's a difference between looking at a photo of somebody and seeing a face and actually like seeing the person um and having their face and having their life and their heart within you. Um and I, I think that's what we got to do. Um that's certainly what I experienced down there. And like it's in real deep and I pray that it never goes away. Um yeah, it was just a very
1: powerful experience of, uh,
2: of Jesus in a new way. Uh very
1: surprising very surprising. And not like a feeling of, like, there's no feeling of, like, despair. I think we're in the same spot there of, like, like just, like, deep peace in, like, these new levels that, like, we kind of get to explore, like, from yeah. these people and from this trip. Uh, even thinking back to, like, my last trip there, at the same, we just did, like, a couple day trips to the MC's compound, but, like, one of the little girls there that time, just holding her and... Yeah, I mean, just the day there was, like, a huge reason I stuck out going to seminary, honestly. I think I've shared that on the podcast before. Um, And so just the notion that, like, she could... Yeah, like, that girl saved me. And not in any way vice versa. Like, it doesn't allow you in any way to, like, imagine differently. Yeah. What were you going to say?
2: Well, it just, like... it's tough to articulate and to count the number of like monster graces that were there and just how much work the Lord did to line this thing up. Um, yeah. So like that, that story that Rob just told, he preached that. Yeah. To the MCs on the Feast of the Holy Innocents. <laughs> yeah. At the compound, wow. uh, where it had occurred with the children's
1: hospital there. Yep. I was able to, like, point up to the children's hospital that it happened at. Yeah, okay, just, and this is, like, a little bit lighter note maybe on the trip, but, like, Metz and I preached to the MC, <laughs> which right. is insane. Like, and this this hit me, like, right after as I was praying the first time I did, and I was, like, so nervous, I can't even describe it, um... But it was like, it was like, that's like asking my six year old nephew to go give like a basketball lecture to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> like, that's what that felt like, yeah. you know? Um, well, it is and it,
0: it isn't. I mean, we believe in the. I know. The I sacrament. know. But I, I tell you, yeah. you, it reminds but, me of a story yeah. Father Henshey said. Father Henchy was a, a confessor, spiritual director and a professor at Mundelein my first year. And he was an older guy. I think he's still around, and uh, but he had been in Rome at, at the same time Mother Teresa was there, and s- somehow she knew him. <clears throat> Anyways, she asked him at one point to go to confession, and he's like, he was from Boston, and Mother, don't you think that's putting the cart before the horse? <laughs> and she <laughs> apparently
1: wasn't having that. So <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Father Henchy is still here. Oh, that's what he he's, is. Still there. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, yes. But no, it was that was a super beautiful. Well, one, it was just so cool to be able to do that um and but yeah i mean just on the holy innocence got to tell that story of like this little girl jesse that um yeah is a huge reason why um i'm gonna be a priest in may um and just like uh kind of claiming my heart like she did for for jesus and um and then to be able to go back there as a deacon and like stand there and, and tell that story to the MCs like I could have thrown a baseball like to that children's hospital mm-hmm, you know yeah. that we were in that day. Um, so yeah, I mean all oh, it is good, like this is good talk, but it's just it just doesn't even like do justice. Do justice, man. Like Well that's really, you know, it's really it's really yeah. gracious
0: for me to hear this actually, because one of the things I've been thinking about um, talk about from the sublime to the ridiculous, but I watched again um the first parts of the first season of Stranger Things because Father Tom Byrne was watching it and he was here for um around New Year's and he wanted to finish the first season so he could watch the second one. So I watched it with him the last episode. And uh <clears throat> by now spoilers alert, but um Spoiler? Spoiler alert for the first season. Uh Spoiler alert they get Will back, you know, and they're in the upside down. Uh, Winona Ryder and the police chief, and the like feeling of relief, and that image of the three of them over the boy as like his breath returns to him after you know, and and Hopper is flashing back to his da- own daughter being resuscitated but dying of cancer, and um, the like the immense desire on the part of the parent to save the child, like and go to the absolute limits and do anything risking their own safety and their own life to save the life of their child really struck me as like a kind of a beautiful image. Um, even in this sci-fi horror story, I looked at, you know, these people hunched over this kid, just like wanting him to live. I thought that's just a faint image of the love God has for us. You know, we, we worry so much about, um, at least I do. Am I doing this right? Am I, praying the right way. Am I, you know, and all this stuff matters, you know, like morning routine and, and, and the, the stuff of holiness of life, you know, doing life right. Um, but ultimately all of it is God, when it comes right down to it, it's God, the father just going all whole hog to come get us from the upside down, you know, and just like, if there's still, an ounce of breath left in us, he'll resuscitate us at any moment, you know, just bring us back to life and bring us back home. I thought this kind of, it's, it's nice, but then it's also true that, um, people feel that towards other people, you know, fathers feel that towards their children. Mothers feel that towards their children. And, um, and you guys felt that towards those, those kids you were holding. And I've, in some ways, I remember feeling it of the kids in, in the orphanage. And that was, that was, that was, why I, for the first couple of years of being a priest, I went down there and maybe I should make an extra effort to do that because I was thinking this week, like, who do I have like that? You know, I love my parishioners. I work hard for them. Um, I make sacrifices so that they, you know, can have God's forgiveness and receive his body and blood. and um But at the end of the day, like, the stuff that really... Of life, you know that why you get up in the morning and do, and, and you don't always feel it every day, you know. Like you're saying, Mike, you f- you can hold that face in your heart, and hopefully, please God, that 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 depth of feeling and affect stays with you. But there are some days you don't feel it, and it's like, yeah. yeah but there are people that I would die for. Like I thought of Maximilian Colby when I was mm. pre- when I was praying about this. You know, like did, how much did he really care about that guy that he died for? obviously a lot you know because it wasn't just like how i feel sometimes like oh do i really have to go to the hospital again yes of course you know i'm i'm a priest and i make the sacrifice and you like offer it up and stuff but you don't really want to do it <laughs> but you do it and then you're glad you did um but a lot of times it's not that flashy you know saint francis jumping off his horse and hugging the leper moment it's more like the humdrum workaday work of a priest but i i still firmly believe and i i Remember telling this to people in vocation talks. Like, fall in love. You have to fall in love to be happy. Um, and it's hard to fall in love with an idea. Like, if Jesus or or God's will is like this idea to you, and doesn't have faces, like you guys are saying, that's what got me to say yes to the priesthood. And and I think, I have a hunch that it's what will continue to let me say yes every day to this thing. You know that there are people that I'm actually dying for. Um, But that is, that's a great gift you guys got. I'm grateful you shared it.
2: Yeah. And I I think that's actually a a pretty good way to put it is like, I fell deeply in love down there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very, very deeply in love. And there is a deep sadness leaving that. Um, and um, and yet, there's a deep joy and a lot of gratitude that goes along with it. Um, yeah, and so trying to revisit those places and and cultivate, um, like what what did I fall in love with? Um, certainly, a person, and you know, a new a new aspect of God that I had known intellectually, but then was revealed to us down there. Um, and so, yeah, falling in love with with God in a deeper way through the closest thing to hell on earth, Mm -hmm. going and visiting the people who are, you know, suffering maybe the most in the poorest city, in the poorest country. Um, at least in the, in the Gulf, in the Bahamas, maybe in the world. I mean, you talk about nothing, dude, Haiti has nothing, Mm. zero. Um, and yet that's where like, maybe one of the strongest encounters that the Lord is that I've ever had in my life. Um, and falling in love with that reality. Like that's that's an incredible thing. So um, yeah, love is a funky thing. Hmm.
0: Take it with you, boys. So when are your ordination dates? So well, hey, hold
2: me. on. Before we move on to that, I do have oh. to say I had the privileged place of – Watching Rob's mind get blown
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, when
2: that nun uh, yeah. ran back and got the keys. It was, it was <laughs> exactly how you how you might be imagining it because like, we we both watched the <laughs> encounter go down, and then I actually I came up and and said to Rob like we walked up together, dude, I never felt like such a jerk like asking the MCs to do something because it was so obvious like this lady was doing something vitally important <laughs> and now she's doing this for us <laughs> like this incredible sister. And, and then just watching Rob, like, see the whole thing go down, literally put his hands on his head and yelled, how is she so holy? <laughs> <laughs> and like, face turned red. And it was like, I could see his brain scrambled. <laughs> like, what is happening? Have you
1: seen anything like it before?
2: I'd never seen anything <laughs> like it. Yeah. And when we talked about it last night, like... The thing that came to mind uh, and the thing that I told Rob was in a lot of ways, it legitimizes the stories of the gospel. Like what yesterday was the reading of Jesus calling James and John and Peter and Andrew. And he just says, hey, come and follow me. And people and they drop exactly what they're doing and they go and follow Jesus. And like, that's absurd. Mm -hmm. That is absurd. That's still like in a lot of ways, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I straight up saw somebody like the, <laughs> the voice of Jesus through the, her superior said, go and do this and follow me. And she dropped everything mm-hmm. and ran to follow Jesus. So like it's possible. It, it is
1: real. Mm-hmm. It is so real. Um, yeah, that is what you walk away from staying with the MCs for a week and you're like, OK, it's possible. Yeah. Like it is possible to live this way.
2: Yeah, it was like having all of these things that we've learned in the past (coughs) six years like plunged, like plungered, like unclogging a toilet and shoving it into my heart in a week. (laughs) Like all of these ideas that are like so cool and they make so much sense and they fit together in all these awesome ways. But like, ah, they don't move my heart. Like, I don't know if they live, if like those... the ideas of Christianity actually dwell in my heart, and the Lord just like force stomped with <laughs> like the foot of sister and like a twenty pound dying little girl just shoved those things into my heart in the span of a week, and I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Here? <laughs> yeah. What is going on here?
1: Right. Uh, what do we call I, it, I What like do we call this episode? The light versus the dark okay.
0: Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that into consideration.
1: What were you thinking?
0: I don't know. I usually listen for uh, like a phrase that, that strikes me as kind
1: of unique or uh, interesting. I think it should be the light versus the dark or plunger week.
2: <laughs> plunger week? Yeah. Or just what
1: the hell is going on around here? <laughs> that will yeah. be the yeah. subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, it was... Yeah, it... Not to beat a dead horse here, but it's like if somebody a year from now or whenever, like if somebody seeking, you know, God in their life comes to me and says, like, "Hey, I'm at the end of my rope. Like, I just want to like mm-hmm. see it. Want to yeah. believe, you know, for real. You can just look, look like look them square in the eye, and be like, okay, like go stay with the MCs in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, yeah. and you will see it." Yeah period.
2: Yeah, and and that was such a special thing for us because like if the MCs weren't there, in a lot of ways they gave us eyes to see what was actually going on on that compound. And so like we started to live, you know, we we would go to mass with them, we would pray with them in the evenings. We we were working with them, so we would go over and help in their retreat center. And then we would we would help with the kids in between. We would hold the children and spend time with them and and so then it's it was this beautiful rhythm where we got to experience deep suffering and um and, and incredible joy and build deep deep relationships um while at the same time like doing it in the manner of life through the mcs and so they helped us to like to experience really painful stuff with the eyes of faith that christians have and so the whole time, you know, we, we got to see all these children through like the right lens of, of how to understand suffering and pain. Um, and, yeah. And, and in that regard, it was the most complete mission trip that I've ever been on. Um, yeah. So that like the MCs, they hooked it up. They uh-huh. hooked it up. Like this is how you live, uh, even amidst deep poverty. This is how you love a child who's dying. Um, even though it looks like if you pull their arm in the wrong way, you're going to rip it off. You know, it, it's like the most fragile little kids and they just come in and love the heck out of them. And so just being able to see what that looks like to love Christ in another. Um, yeah. And then you get to do it and then you, and then you get to to imitate them and, and live into, yeah, your own, your own Christian vocation to, to love right there. So yeah, we were with Christian Kung Fu Masters. <laughs> Sounds like
1: it. Yeah, it was fun to like and just we were in. We stayed at the compound. It was like this basement kitchen that we had, Dude. With, like macaroni and peanut butter sandwiches.
2: <laughs> nothing. It was, it was, we had like, nothing. We everything could kill us. We would.
1: It, it, <laughs> that's no joke. True.
2: Everything could kill us. Okay, so you would if you went to the bathroom, you would come out. You would wash your hands in the sink. Okay, you use soap. And then you would wash it with hand sanitizer because their water would kill you. Okay. And then you would have to wash off hand sanitizer with actual drinkable water unless you wanted to taste hand sanitizer. Uh-huh. And that was just so that you wouldn't die from washing your hands. Right. Wow. It, it, the mosquitoes. I mean, I remember at one point some kid was like, we had just left the chapel and it was all dark and... All of a sudden, like we're just standing still, and one of the kids in the group is being attacked by fire it's like, <laughs> it's That like, happened yeah. anywhere. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like this yeah. country will get you. It's yeah. <laughs> brutal. It is,
0: yeah. It, so, yeah, I, it I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like that kind of cure for the malaise. Like if you don't believe in God, or you don't think He's real, or that there's some vast meaning to the universe or to life. Go.
1: Go visit the missionaries of charity, in, for real. In like uh, you could, you could look them square in the eye and be like, "If you're serious, if you're at the end of your rope, right? If you really like, care, yep. If and if you, 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 if you want this, yeah. then it's like there. go here. Yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. This um, will save your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this will. I know where Christians live. Go and find them. This will save your life. And it is amazing. Like what you said, mm-hmm. where the the darkness attracts the light. Everywhere that I've been that I've encountered the MCs, they do a different job. Hmm. They're, so, in Jerusalem, they would go to Tel Aviv and work with yeah. um, prostitution and people who had severe addictions to drugs in Tel Aviv. Um, in Port-au-Prince, they worked with children who were malnourished and dying and sick. In Atlanta, they, they have a community down there, and they work with... Um, uh, folks who have HIV and AIDS, hmm. and and where else have I seen them? Well, in in all these different places, they just go and they help the people the who nobody wants to help. Right, and it looks like a million different things, but yeah, the, but their freedom to give, like to give themselves away, is unbelievable, um, and that's what they do. Like they go to a place and they find whatever the darkness is there. Yeah, give me your undesirables and I'll care for them because nobody else will. Mm. From prostitution to, yeah, refugees in Atlanta, AIDS victims, um, and then Port-au-Prince dying children. Like, (laughs) that's their life, dude. Mm. (laughs) Like, that's incredible. It is incredible. (laughs) The way they live. Gosh, dude. Yeah
1: yeah and it is incredible like just the joy that it brings to be around them like our meals for a group were so much fun and we yeah yeah you were just like making jokes about trying not to die from the water (laughs) and just yucking it up and it was awesome it was such a like it was such a fun trip as well on so many like so many levels so anyway but it's It's i mean it's it's catholicism man like I mean, I, it was a profound encounter with Jesus Christ when we were at Lourdes in this, like, magnificent, mm-hmm. like, you know, French village with, like, high, high culture and, like, uh, kind of unrelenting beauty and, like, this place of, like, deep healing. And, like, you bring the sick there, too, to come to Mary. Um, and so it's, like, I talked about that in a homily one time. It's, like, man... Um, that's that's a beauty of being Catholic and I think one of the I didn't have words for it but one of the things that like really attracted me to um to the church kind of went, when I went through my big conversion it's like you go to the absolute pinnacle and heights of humanity of culture in in all time and you go to like a place like the Sistine Chapel or something like that and it's like the Catholic Church is right there and like holds its own in it and then you go to like the worst slum in the poorest country in the world. And like you'll find the missionaries of charity there. And like you'll find the Catholic Church just like right there in the mix. Um, I there, I mean, I have never found anything else that can say that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but a lot of gratitude. Word up. This Word? episode
0: brought to you by <laughs> Guadalupe roastry.com Coffee for the common good. Mm, coffee for the common good. That's a good slogan.
2: Dude, I thought you were going to use my Nike catchphrase, bro. I say,
0: <laughs> I say Um. Hey, yeah, so what did you ask about ordination dates? Oh, yeah. When are you guys getting ordained so I can have it in my calendar? May
1: the 26th, baby. Philip Neary.
2: Yeah, and mine is June.
1: Dang, that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mine is June sixteenth. So, and you have to be there, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're preaching my first mass.
0: <laughs> oh, is that right? Did I ask you that? <laughs> no, you did not. I thought I asked you that. Well, that's an, a, quite an honor. So, what's I'll the date again? A
1: minute. Would uh... you, would
0: you, <laughs> would you be
2: willing to preach my first mass?
0: Absolutely, dude. I would be honored.
2: Dude, I thought I asked you that. Well, there you go. I, I live it, on the air whoa
1: i'm so glad i got to be here for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, obviously
0: it, it would be, be an now. honor to have you down so what uh, what is the date again hopefully i don't have a
2: wedding scheduled <laughs> okay now seriously let me put this on my calendar <laughs> uh the my first mass would be june 17th and ordination is june 16th
0: okay Oof. okay
2: i would prefer june that you're six, there for june both.
0: 16th is the ordination
2: Yes, and then June 17th is First Mass
1: Okay. Alright And in for there. moi Ordination is May the 26th First Mass is May the 27th
0: Alright
2: sure. I'll give you some stories you can tell about me Oh um, uh, yeah
0: Like it's a best man toast or something
2: yeah, I'll send you a, my resume with a list of accolades. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'll just pr- type it up for you. You could just read it. <laughs> <That> sounds good.
1: <laughs> Great.
2: Um, no, it would. Yeah, I would love to have you down there. I, in total honesty, also, I want you down there big time, and I'm kind of using that to get you down there.
0: <laughs> That's clever. <clears throat> that would, yeah, that definitely is a big pull. Yeah, when I mean, you're asked to preach first mass, but
2: I would have yeah. been there anyway, bro. Thanks, man. Well, I missed your—I missed your priesthood.
0: I know both of you guys did.
2: Mm-hmm. I was at—I was at your deacon. Mm-hmm. I sang in the choir at your deacon. <laughs> was, no, that's true. And I, I was at your first mass as a deacon. I heard your first homily ever, mm-hmm. Father Ernie. My quasi homily. <laughs> <laughs> Father Ernie,
0: yeah,
2: let's not talk about that my classic blaha man oh man old ernie
0: Ernie. (laughs) all right bro dudes this has been so real i'm glad that we got this chat in and that you downloaded your uber graces
2: yeah um hey
0: we definitely need to hang out sometime Mm -hmm. you're so busy dude i know i am but i'm not it's like I've, i've realized that i'm i'm it's like being a parent in some ways. I, what I imagine being a parent is like, because I'm not a parent, but you just get anxious when you're away because yeah. something could happen. Something does happen, and then you need to take care of it. And I don't know. I just feel better when I'm here, locking doors and turning lights off and making you know visiting people and burying their loved ones and stuff than <laughs> when I'm away. So that said, it is my Friday and my day off is tomorrow. So. Yeah. I am going to uh, sleep in, do the sweatpants thing.
2: Do the oh, nice, dude. Hey, yeah, I'm just gonna recommend a show for you, okay? Because I think we're gonna watch a little bit tonight, hopefully. Oh, yeah. um, it's a show called Person of Interest. Oh, Jim Caviezel, old JC. Starring Jim Caviezel. Yeah, y- mm-hmm. sort of stole my thunder there, but that's okay. Uh,
0: have you seen it? Uh, I was uh, yes, I did have seen it. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> the whole show. I've seen the whole no 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 I've seen an episode or two. Okay. It didn't okay. it didn't capture my my attention. Uh-oh. It's good. It's but it's an episodic mm. kind of crime show sort of thing. It is. Yeah. I I, I it's said like it was an NCIS like, sort of show.
2: Mm. I've never seen NCIS, but I, I said it was like 24.
0: Yeah. I well,
2: I've actually never seen 24 though. Could be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Person of Interest. Yeah. It Could be or it couldn't be. <clears throat> One yeah. last shout-out to you, Jim Caviezel. <laughs> if you're listening. We know, you, we know you're listening. And we know you are.
2: I just call him Jimmy.
1: Well, JC. Are
2: we ready? Okay. Three dogs north are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz.
1: Dogs. Sprinkly dogs.
2: Good girl.